1: Tonight, we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and J.C. The chemical, chemical,
0: disgusting, 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 disgusting to play. And it starts right now.
1: So welcome back to another episode of a typical disgusting display—a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing—and there was the Patrick Stump theme. Ooh. We're going to talk to him later today, which I'm very excited for. Patrick Stump, lead Me singer too. of Fall Out Boy, will be with us here today. Uh, but we're we're just coming off the Super Bowl, folks. Oh yeah! Did you guys watch? Did you enjoy?
2: I did. did Goldie, did
1: you? Did you? Were you rooting for either team? Uh,
0: yeah, I was rooting for the Chiefs. I like Mahomes. It was cool they won. I had a thing where uh, my audio, I have a very nice hi-fi system I treated myself to, accumulated the components over a number of years, I love that. and my audio just glitched. No. from the beginning of the game to the end and it's oh. going to be like maybe a $1200 repair. So, no, um, that's I
2: nightmare. was
0: just angry the entire game.
3: <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs>
1: the wicked glitch of the west. You yeah. know, we we were we were laughing, we were talking yesterday. We actually enjoyed some of the commercials. Uh, you yeah. know, I know oh, I, I, maybe it's donuts, because right? we're getting older and like softer somehow, but I particularly enjoyed the Dunkin' Donuts commercial, Yeah, yeah no, this yeah. is how you know you're becoming, like, a just corny yeah. out of it. Idiot. I loved it. When yeah. those stars from my era were back up there. Uh, I thought that one was very funny. But, Goldie, you, you liked one in particular, which we watched in the room yesterday and was very funny. Oh, the Reese's one, yeah. where
0: yeah. the people were bashing their heads in the wall and jumping out the window, and <laughs> yes. then they jumped back through the window. It was like airplane to me. Whoever did that. <laughs> yeah. I take my hat off to you. It was 30 seconds that I enjoyed. And then, I, of course, I had to tell everyone in my house. I was like, that was a good commercial. <laughs> right, like, but like, I work in comedy.
1: Yeah. and Just so you guys good. know.
0: I, you Appreciate that, kids. <laughs> First joke of the day. First joke of the day. I'm yeah. yelling at my kids because they don't like a commercial.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, that's funny, kids. You'll realize it later. Yeah, that, that was a good Trust one. Um, there was the one for Jesus where he washed everybody's feet. Yeah. I didn't see
2: that one.
3: Yeah. Is that
1: really going to get people where you go? (laughs) Hey, I know.
0: Okay. You don't know about this thing. Everyone else does, but you, you haven't heard of it, but, uh, Basically, you're gonna go from nothing to washing people's feet. <laughs> you know, I, for as, no
1: reason. As someone I watched that and I said, you know what? My feet are filthy. Maybe this is the <laughs> thing for me. Maybe I can get in on this this universal foot bath that Jesus seems to be into. It also, no one wants wet feet. <laughs> I know never. I know. Never. There there were no towels in the ad. It would look like no. a disaster. I don't yeah. want to put my socks back on. I, you know, the minute that the second that commercial started, I knew what it was for. And everyone in the room, we were at a a little party with some other parents. And what is this? What I'm like, it's Jesus. It's and I was walking (laughs) away to get snacks. So I think the appearance was sort of given like, oh, this Jewish guy doesn't like this Jesus commercial. (laughs) It's like, I don't care. But like, I just I knew what it was. And I was just like, time to get some Fritos. (laughs) Um, but yeah, overall, it was it, you know what the 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 beginning of the game was kind of boring, and then it got exciting at the end. And it was
0: yeah, boring. and I as someone who just I just really dislike Brock Purdy and everything about it. It <laughs> yeah, was well, so he, funny. He proved like, me right. <laughs> I know that was the best part. What,
2: what don't you like about him? Out of curiosity.
0: He's fine. Uh, But, like, the whole thing, he's not good. Like, he isn't Uh, good. He is surrounded by excellence and in the middle. And you can take any of these quarterbacks we bash and make fun of. Zach Wilson is as good as or better than Brock Purdy. That's controversial. That is controversial. It's right. (laughs) It's (laughs) It's a hot take.
1: Patrick Mahomes is good. Yes. Brock Purdy's not good. No, he's nothing like Mahomes. Nothing like Mahomes. You you knew... Yeah, go
3: ahead, ahead. Jason. I was
2: torn because I didn't realize this at the time, but I was rooting for the Chiefs, and then I realized why—that's not your team. I know. I really, at one point, I was like, "Wait a minute, I should be rooting for the Niners." So I was like, "Okay, go Niners," but then every time Kansas City did something, I was like, "I was more excited." Yeah, you can feel
1: it inside. That's that's a good (laughs) thing, you know. For me, because I went into this Super Bowl thinking like, "There's no bad outcome." Because right. I as I growing up, I liked the 49ers. They were my NFC team because I like Joe Montana. Joe Montana yes. and, and Stevie. Um also, I like the Chief's, you know uh, story with Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and I love that <laughs> yeah, it sort too. of drives the right oh. crazy. So I was thinking like, yeah, mm. well, what, 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 <laughs> well, I'm fine with it, but Kelsey sucks. Oh,
3: you think? Well, like when
1: that, that Gronk is better. Gronk is better. Eva Las Boy. Vegas thing was one of the worst
0: moments I was- think I've ever <laughs> witnessed on live TV. I was like, this guy, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sang the whole thing. Like, yeah, that he kind of stinks. He's TV way JVs. beneath her. I don't know what she's doing. It's crazy. It's I like
2: America's it's a- um, homecoming king and queen.
1: Yes, I hear it's all about the sex, folks. I hear that's Ill, what it's all I don't about. Think about that. From who? <laughs> uh, through the grapevine. Through my yeah, sources. Right. Okay. And and you know, folks, while I have you here, men of a certain
3: age. Oh
2: my oh god!
0: Please,
1: <laughs> please get your colon checked.
0: Oh. Oh yeah, wear your brown ribbon and
1: <laughs> your brown ribbon, <laughs> <laughs> or your brown flag pin. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'll be doing that every week now. Um, but it was it was a very interesting game. Uh, it was fun to the end, and I there was no negative outcome for me. It was you know I, I wanted a good game, and it turned out to be a good game. So that that yes. was that was yeah. nice. Um, I I know we're we're kind of hustling through today, but um, have we all seen the We Are the World documentary? Yes. I have. yes. Yeah. Great. Right. Yeah.
2: Yes. I mean, however, I yes. feel like they left out a lot of footage i've seen footage like just on the world wide web that was more controversial that would have been more interesting like dylan really struggling i've seen footage of they showed
1: that they had that in the
0: documentary no
2: but the footage that i saw was like humiliating no
0: this was humiliating as well i
2: thought oh i thought it was way worse the stuff that i've seen is way worse it's like is he okay like he seems like brain damaged <laughs> it was uh, the, and there's a I reason they, why they left that. i thought it out. they made
1: that point uh, maybe a little more subtly than the footage you've seen but i, yeah. I, I did love Can that I, steve yeah go ahead go i
0: ahead. just want to point out something that i noticed that was hilarious to me was that you know so they said the studio was getting hot and everyone was getting grumpy and then you looked and i remembered this was before bottled water yes. that, like bottled water was invented yes. so Literally, no one had water, water, and they didn't know what to do, wow. so they were just getting hot because there was no way to get water. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. So it
1: was, it was an unintentionally mirroring the experience of Africa itself. It was like a documentary
0: about how stupid we were. That you go, you, you go oh, if only there was a
1: way for me to be holding water. It was the genesis of Jim Gaffigan's bit. How dumb do I think the Americans are? Yeah. No, and it brought you
0: back to like, oh, right. When bottled water came out, people were like, wait,
1: I'm going to pay for water. It's the most important thing. Yeah, (laughs)
0: That's
1: funny. I did not notice that. A couple of hilarious things and we can move on quickly. Al Jarreau being drunk was hilarious. I didn't yeah. know that. Part.
3: Like That's him great.
1: bumping into Willie Nelson, like <laughs> trying to get to the microphone. It was such an odd combination. And then who had, who would have picked, you know, the odds before the game of this, uh, recording having Kim Carnes, Huey Lewis and Cindy Lauper be the MVPs was unlikely, S- but know. they brushed it. That was yeah. such an awesome part. Yes. Oh my God. I agree. all so fun to watch. Um, and JC, you must have like you know have, as someone who's been in the studio many many times. Yes, uh, that is a unique studio experience. Like oh, you yeah. don't you don't have giants like that together. First of mm-hmm. all, and then you don't have them singing at each other in
0: like right. a U shape,
2: sharing a mic, and incredible, and incredible, and also, yeah, being yelled at by Quincy. <laughs> it's just yeah. like... speaking
0: of scoring, which we are going to in this yeah. interview. I know, uh, my friend. My high school friend Go Nakamura
1: did the music for this documentary, what? and it was great. It was wow. great music. He, it was. he really uh, go go because he really captured uh, the '80s with with that soundtrack. It was really cool. I noticed it several times. The when they inserted music, I'm like, oh, that's a cool, that's a yes. cool little bit of music there. Uh, the whole thing was great, I, and we recommend it. Watch it on Netflix. It's called "The Greatest Night in Pop." It's so fun. And, and, and Michael Jackson is godlike. Oh, my You know, God. he's just godlike. He, the real. way His voice is better than everyone's. It's he looks so fucking cool. I it was know. just, it was awesome to see. Uh, and, and, of course, we talked about on here Lionel Richie saying, I don't remember who came up with the phrase, we are the world. If it was me or Michael, I'm like, okay, that means it was Michael.
3: <laughs> 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 <All right. laughs>
1: you would remember that. Anyway, yeah. uh, that was awesome. And something a little less awesome, Johnny Jokes. From Hollywood, we've got none of the stars. Here's Johnny. Oh, boy. Time to power through the garbage today. Well, maybe you heard this story. Best Western. Best Western Hotels is planning on adding more rooms to their buildings by shrinking their current rooms. Oh. The only other change is that the guest quarters will now be called guest eighths. Oh. <laughs> Not worth it. Not worth fucking it up. Here we go. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet will play the lead role in a stage production of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, the play is slated to start rehearsals as soon as they cast their Romeo. Uh,
3: I was ahead of it, but I <laughs> yeah. loved it. Uh, thank you. That's
1: a good <laughs> joke. Thank you. Uh, here's uh, one to take away to Unredeem. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Jada Pinkett Smith was in the news last week after she scared off a burglar who attempted to break into her Hollywood home. Uh, Not with a gun. She simply proposed. (laughs) (laughs) Tough to be married to that woman. Uh, All right. Here we go. Uh, The shooter from an incident in a Houston area megachurch has been identified as a woman. Uh, So much for that glass ceiling. eh, ladies. (laughs) Oh <laughs> terrible terrible and finally to end on an old joke an intact egg Ooh. from the Roman Empire was discovered just north of London last week uh, the discussion of whether to keep it or ship it to Italy was promptly ended when James Corden sent it back Oh ah, uh, easy Johnny
0: too
2: good
1: All right well
0: Super Bowl 58 was played this weekend, and the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers. Woo. <laughs> uh, the winning team was whisked to Disneyland, while losing San Francisco went back to a looted Walmart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <It's> fine, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but I don't know if you've seen this. Some conservatives, some conservatives, are saying the Chiefs' victory was a CIA plot.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Uh, evidence. Evidence. Against it being a CIA plot, it worked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, I love that joke. Would have worked sixty years ago. I love it.
0: Well, a uh, special counsel report cleared President Biden of charges, but questioned whether Biden has the mental fitness to be president. Uh, the good news is the president has already forgotten about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and finally. Uh, American porn actress Whitney White visited the country of Iran. Oh. Uh, a very embarrassing moment when they said they wanted to cover her head and she said, "Oh oh, you mean with a cloth?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: The implication there was jizz. Jizz.
2: Jizz.
0: <laughs> She's used to having yeah. Of jizz.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was the subtext. Yeah. Uh, all right. Those are great.
2: Well, folks, friends, today uh, we've got uh, one of my very best friends, someone I'm in touch with more than anyone outside of Stu. Um, <laughs> we've been through many things together. We met on Warp Tour in 2005. Mm-hmm. And then never stopped texting each other, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, kind of um, kept in touch forever. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, we've been to each other's weddings. We've performed mm-hmm. together. He's one of the most talented people I've ever met and known. Ooh. He pretty much plays every instrument known to man, and pretty darn well. He pretty much is like, I want to learn this instrument. Okay, I'm just going <laughs> to teach myself. He is the lead singer of Fall Out Boy. Yeah. songwriter, producer, and composer, Patrick Stump. Yeah. Welcome. Yes. How's it going? Also, he sings our theme song. I don't yeah. know if you do that. That's yet,
1: right. So. Thank you for that. Yes. Anytime. Oh, it's
0: the song is <laughs> sweeping anytime. the nation, <laughs> and we're not going to do a special acoustic version of it now.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Live. Unplugged performance
0: for the um, right. sound,
1: sound the alarm acoustic. <laughs> yes, uh, Patrick, we're we're very excited because we, you know, we at Family Guy have gotten the chance to uh, get to know you better over the last few years. You've done some great singing and voices for us so we we really appreciate that and so of course you kind of had to be here with the jc connection (laughs) and the family guy connection it's sort of like you had no choice so (laughs) we appreciate you uh you know succumbing to the borg in that way
4: (laughs) couldn't be happier to be assimilated (laughs) Uh, yes that's that's
1: that's the word i was looking for that i could not find
0: is that is, is family guy the realest job you've ever had the, um the closest to a real job n- the scoring stuff so i i so oh, I, that's a real I, um, job i would say i don't mean to stuff. denigrate musicians no not no no, no i just mean that like most people would be like that's fun and not <laughs> and family guy is like that's kind of fun too i mean have you had a non-fun job
4: yeah oh yeah well well i mean yes but borders i, I used to work at borders oh, oh yeah. yeah oh my
2: god I had, when
4: I, uh, when I was, let's see, I was probably about 18, 17, 18. So there was a period there where I worked at, I, I just went from like business to business, retail business that was on the outs. And we only know that now, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So, I, so I, I worked at a Sam Goody and then, and then oh I worked God. at a, at a borders, you know, um, <laughs> nice. and, and so, you know, um, who was that one guy that they would bring on to, they would add him to a lot of the sitcoms in the eighties and like, it was Ted, always Ted like, McGinley. With, yeah, he would show up and be like, "Ooh, yeah, we're I think we're done here." How did was you kind know of his, that? Uh, retail wait, wait. jobs, I
1: guess. So How
2: did you know that? That's because crazy. when
1: you say there's a guy who used to show up in a lot of sitcoms in the '80s, that's Ted McGinley, uh, and, and he person. would like
4: he would get added to the cast, but like last season, and yes. then it would be you know it was kind of like him or a little kid, and you're like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this show is over." Oh, this is getting rescheduled to the to a later time slot, isn't it?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so you worked at Borders now, but let's let's go back before that because it's funny like it, we seem to have a lot of guests that uh grew up in the Chicago area.
2: Yeah we did
1: yeah. so you uh are from Willamette. I'm from I'm from Glenview actually. Which, uh, this always, always this always to happens that. too. And it's this and always. it's important
4: it's an important distinction because uh you know I mean Willamette is a very nice area and Glenview's like <sighs> Not almost as nice an area, you know, but, so, but will, will,
1: so Willamette people would not be excited to be associated with Glenview. <laughs>
4: oh, I'm teasing now. Now they're basically indistinguishable, and and actually, uh, Pete, our bass player, is from Willamette, and I said that one time in an interview, like, "Oh yeah, no, actually, I'm from Glenview," and he's like, "Oh, you know." the slums of Glenview over here, you know? <laughs> right,
3: right.
1: No, and, and you grew up, uh, from what I read, again, but I also read Willamette, so who the hell knows if any of this is right. But uh, you, your your dad is uh, is or was a musical guy. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. He, um, he was a folk singer. And it kind of, it was weird because he did, he was a folk singer, but then he also had this period in the 70s where he went through, like, he got into, like, fusion jazz. So it was kind of like, I don't know, like, that weird period of like where Joni Mitchell had like Jaco Pistorius playing with her and that kind of stuff it was like he would do that kind of stuff so like he kind of had like two flavors and it was like folk and blues and fusion jazz which is like real out there you know so
3: yeah
4: so right out of the gate as a little kid I knew my dad's music was different than my friend's dad's music you know you go your friend's parents house and they'd have their Led Zeppelin records or whatever and my dad had those, but he also had a lot of, you know, Eddie Harris and, and um, you know, Mississippi John Hurt and stuff. He had like kind of interesting records, you know.
0: So was he so. trying to guide you to music, or did you just pick it up? Because I wonder with my kids, you know, I try yeah. try to encourage them, and they they hate that. <laughs> do they, do they, what do you what, what do you encourage them in? What are they? What no, are you, what I mean, are like you... I I play guitar, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm kind of like, hey, you want to sit down at the piano or can we, but I, you know, I don't really know how to teach someone else how to do it. But also (laughs) they, they see me do it and they're not interested.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I always just kind of, I remember when I was a kid that if I had access to a thing and I was interested in it, I would do it. I, you know, so I tried to, with my kids, I try to have stuff around. So I'm like, it was very important to me that there's a piano in the house, whether or not anyone's playing piano, just the idea. Cause I, I remember being a little kid and being like, if I had a piano, I would play it right now. I remember yeah. thinking that specifically. Right, yeah. And I didn't, you know, we didn't have access to one. So my brother had I mean you uh, weren't in Willamette, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we, Pianos growing tree trees one, you know, there. Couldn't afford yeah. it. Um so anyway, but you wrestling with my dad. My dad, um my dad was pretty um encouraged. My dad's also this kind of weird Zen guy. He didn't really ever push anything on me. He would just kind of like when I would go and stay with them on the weekends or whatever, he'd be like, so we're going to go to a show and there would be a, there would be like a, a free concert at grant park in Chicago uh, all summer. They would do these free concerts and we would just go to like all of them. And like, I was nice. like eight and we would go and see, like I saw spirit. I saw, um, wow. I saw the band. I saw like so oh, many, Wow, That's you know, cool. yeah. And it was just like, I would just hang out with my dad and go do that. So I don't know that, I, and I also, I was really into music. I always was. So it wasn't like something that I ever, I don't remember, you know, people will ask like, you know, so how did you get into music? I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember.
1: You know? Yeah. Well, you're, you know, you're, uh, like a decade younger than we are. So I'm wondering what, uh, and I'll, I'll say it was probably CDs. Like what, what were the, the first few CDs or, or albums you remember getting for yourself and being like, <laughs> Oh, I love this. So the first one I
4: ever bought was actually a cassette of, of Alanis, Alanis Morissette's um, Jag oh, Little Pill," yeah, great. Which I bought awesome. at a Circuit City in in like <laughs> Niles or something. Um, but but the first one I ever owned, I really liked that uh, Genesis song, um, "The Way That The Way That I Walk." Oh, yeah, Um,
1: I can't dance. dance. Yeah, so I really
4: liked that song. And I asked my parents for it for Christmas. I I was like, I I want this record. I want this record. And um, so it shows, so Christmas morning, you know, my dad got, I was at my dad's house. My dad got it for me. And it was a long box, you know. So I opened up the wrapping, I opened up the long box. And it was Genesis, The Way We Walk or something was the name of it. Neither my dad nor I knew this, but that was the name of a two-disc set live album as well. That, oh. that came out around the same time. Wow. That song wasn't on that record.
3: <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that's weird. <laughs> so,
4: and I, you know, it was like there were two discs that were sold separately, and I got like disc two or something, <laughs> and so it had like old Genesis on it. Yeah, oh, you know, so it's with like, like
2: Peter Gabriel or
4: no, it was it was oh, okay. live with Phil Collins, but okay. they were pl- they're playing like a set old of songs. like I just remember "Lamb Lies Down on Broadway," which yeah, is that's like a good one and it, and I don't I haven't gone back to it, so I might be wrong. But this live version
1: was like thirteen minutes long or something. Oh you know? and,
4: and I was eight,
3: you know yeah. Yeah. So I was like,
1: I was like <laughs> this is not a three minute pop song., no, that I signed up for, it for this. well, it's interesting. let's let's camp on Phil Collins here for a minute because <laughs> good, yes, yeah, good I've, good noticed, choice. I've noticed some. thank you. I've <laughs> noticed something in the last decade or so. Phil Collins takes an inordinate amount of shit from people like i feel like there's this weird popular thing of like oh you know phil collins sucks to me phil collins is great like i i I don't know why do you think that people sort of turned off phil collins i don't i think phil collins is an
4: interesting thing because i mean for starters he's the third highest selling solo artist from a band i think in history right so it's like it's like Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson. I don't remember who. I probably Michael Jackson, Paul McCartney, and then Phil Collins, right? Wow. Um, I don't know if Beyonce's pa- surpassed him by now. I don't remember, but like last time I read it, that was the thing. Yeah. So like, you got to consider like he
0: was massive in Huge. you know
4: like absolute maybe t- yeah. totally. And I think that's probably yeah,
0: Janice. I think that's probably. Can it, I give a, a a what I think is the real answer? It's because he's bald. <laughs> it's, it's acceptable like it's just like this fool like if he looked you know if he looked like uh, jacob Alordi or something it would be like well he's you know what a gifted artist but because he's a bald doof everyone just tees off on him that's where they keep the art it's like samson it's uh it's, yeah so keep it in your hair because <laughs> people like it's very strange like when you think of an eight year old into phil collins now right like phil collins yeah was viewed, I mean in his videos, he's portrayed as like a stud.
3: Yeah, yeah. cool guy. Yeah. And yeah. and but
0: then yeah. you look at him now and you would go like that guy had the nerve to think he was a stud. But like we didn't yeah. have an internet. Like we didn't know that that wasn't.
2: Right. Yeah. Well right.
4: I also I I don't I don't know how tall he is. I'm very short. I'm a I'm an incredibly short man. And um he looks very short. Yeah. Um. See, and so yeah. in videos he would have the it was the 80s you know so you had the big you know the mm-hmm. big show so yeah. it like really <laughs> accentuated it too you know yeah. and, yes. and so um, but I think really uh, there was a great article I think it was in Cracked like 10 years ago or something and it was like growing up is realizing that you're probably more like Billy Joel than David Bowie right and then <laughs> and it was like where like you could be really good at your thing you could be like amazing at your thing but like David Bowie was inherently cool. He had this like innate coolness or whatever. Whereas like Billy Joel, like is cool. I'm not saying he's not cool. I'm saying that there's like, it's not like Billy Joel walks into the room and you're like, who is this? You know, like (laughs) in the, in the way that David Bowie had that, where it's like you, whoever you are, are probably more likely to be that. Right. Right. And I feel like Phil Collins is like that, where he's like the most successful version like, you know, where he's just, Amazing at the thing he does, right can
0: I can I, re- why- can I like put a, a theory forward so i I, <laughs> yes. I think what you're saying is that there are people who if you didn't if you didn't know Billy Joel was Billy Joel and could play the Billy Joel songs and had crafted them, you would look at him and think what a schlub but David Bowie <laughs> would walk in and he would command the room if you had no idea he was a musician because yeah. of his his looks. It's well, I don't crazy. necessarily
4: want to say, uh, but I don't want to say it's, the schlub thing because I I know I know which category I fall in. <laughs> so I'm not necessarily going to say Billy Joel's, Joel's a schlub. More that Billy Joel is, yeah. you know, you, the thing that commands attention about him is he's an amazing pianist and an amazing songwriter and whatever. So that's the that's yes. the thing that you know. Right. That's that walks in the room. <laughs> you know, David Bowie. He would just you know look at you or something and it yes. was like whoa he's know? electric
1: he's electric yeah. he really is it's funny that you you skipped from Phil what? Collins right to Billy Joel because these are two people and I know go, go we we love Billy Joel and mm-hmm. I saw Billy Joel uh last year when he came to SoFi and he had uh Stevie Nicks was opening oh, cool. and so that was a really fun show but a very interesting thing played out that I think speaks to Um, you know Goldie's schlub remark and sort of our theories about Bowie versus Joel (laughs) so during uh, Stevie Nicks's set Billy Joel comes out to do one song with her and then the same thing happens during Billy Joel's set Stevie Nicks comes out to join him for a song here's the thing so Stevie Nicks you know was the epitome of cool. You know, when when Fleetwood Mac was at the top of their game, she was the hottest, you know, she was cool. She had a great voice. The band was cool. Billy Joel was never cool in that way. He has great songs. So there was this interesting dynamic, like when Stevie Nicks came out with Billy Joel, everybody's applauding. And Billy Joel goes over to, like, really gets into her personal space to give her, like, a big hug. She wanted no part of it. Like, you,
3: could, yeah. you could
1: read that body language from up in the crowd. And the same thing happened during Billy Joel set when Stevie Nicks came back. He went in for another hug, and she was just like, hey, you're not the cool kid in class. Yeah. I'm still the cool kid. So it, it, is, do you notice that those politics and music? Like, if you're on tour with a bunch of different bands, and you're like, oh, this guy is the fucking cool alpha.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean... It's funny because I feel like I definitely relate more to the uh, talent gets you there than being cool thing. Right. I am not I am not cool. I was never cool. <laughs> um, the, the the band is really funny because, you know, uh, Fall Boy has been at various times pretty successful. Yeah. But I don't know if it's I don't I really, I'm not I don't know if it's humility or, or uh, obliviousness. I, I don't know. But I, I've never really I'm not really good at um internalizing that or something, I don't know, like, and, and I don't know, but I'm never cool. I've never been cool. <laughs> and so, so it's, it's weird because the, the as I'm, I'm doing a scoring now, I'm doing a lot of scoring and it's interesting because I'll talk to my friends who are composers and, you know, they're doing some, you know, elevated horror film or they're doing, um you know, uh some period piece or this really interesting, you know, kind of, you know, surrealistic series or something for, Streaming and I I do kid shows, you know, and 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 it's and that's not to denigrate it at all. It's awesome, but it's like
0: you kind of know who you are. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a version of that with comedy is sort of looked down upon by
3: yeah, which I
4: never
0: real writers. You know, is that true? I get it. I didn't know that. I mean, I don't. I I feel like if I just took the jokes out of my writing, then I'd be like 90% of the way there. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I always, my joke is like when you're in a drama room, how do you know when you're done when everyone's like, well, that's not funny at all.
4: (laughs) It's really good. We got it. (laughs) Comedy, by the way, is the thing that um, intimidates me the most. Uh, Comedians intimidate me the most. It's one of those things where I don't get really starstruck around, around anybody, you know, in terms of like, rock stars or you know whatever but yeah. comedians freak me out because it's like it's so neat to be funny. Like it's so impressive to be funny. I I, I was I remember this one time I was I was standing behind um Patton Oswald at the uh at a parking garage. Now we had done some Fallout Boy had done some award show or something and Patton was one of the hosts or something, right? we really didn't have any interaction at that thing right <laughs> yeah. whatever but there i am at this parking garage and i and i was so like oh my god it's pat Oswalt, right <laughs> and right. and i i kind of like you know he turns around and i'm like hey uh, uh pat Noswell, uh, we 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 did that one thing together that one time <laughs> Which, i said it i said the <laughs> thing i said the thing that you know whatever yeah. and um, i by the way i think a lot of you know dramatic actors where you can really tell when they have it is when they can be funny you know thing yeah. Like that's where you're like, oh, oh no,
1: you know yes. Adam Driver.
4: You're like, oh, you, you're actually amazing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> well, we,
1: we talk about that a lot on here. You know, when we talk about the Sopranos, which is mm-hmm. we think the yes. greatest drama show of all time, but it also happens to be one of the funniest shows. Like, they, they, yes. they, they yeah, hilarious in that show.
0: Well, I'm, I'm sure you've also been on the other side of the people being intimidated and starstruck and. So I was wondering, you know, I used to be like, oh, I want to get backstage at a show. And then I've been backstage and, and you realize, oh, I'm just bothering someone I admire. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is not like I'm not going to create a moment. But do, having been on the other side of that, do you have advice for people who if they see someone they admire or they have access, how can they help have a good interaction? Wow.
4: um i would question.
0: just say you're never gonna say
4: the thing you're never gonna say the thing you think you're gonna say or or whatever you know you were you, always like what am i gonna say you know yeah. i saw uh, stanley uh, uh in walking around in beverly hills one time um i had a friend who worked in beverly hills and we were sitting having lunch and i i see stanley go by and and i was like oh god you know and <laughs> as we established before we started i'm a massive comics dork yeah. that's yeah. like that's a central part of you know, of me. Yes. So Stan Lee goes by and I'm like, you know, it, I I couldn't imagine anything more that I was pretty intimidated by. Yeah. Um, He comes walking back and I'm like, I'm I'm going to do it. I, mm-hmm. I've never, I never do this. I never yes. go up to people, but I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I walked up to him and I just said, you know, um, Hey, you know, Mr. Lee, you know, I, <laughs> you know thanks. You know, I, thank you for everything you do. And he shook my hand and he says, you know, thank And he walks by, but, he was obviously in a hurry and he didn't look amped. Like he, I, it was one of those things, you know, the interaction was okay, but whatever. And then I look around and I'm like, Oh, you know, it's that part, part of Beverly Hills where it's all hospitals and like doctors. Oh, offices. And oh, whatever. Yes. He was probably going to like, you know, a procto- whatever, it's- you know, it's like, not, it wasn't a great time for him, you know? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I guess my thing is more just like be quick because you'll save yourself the thing. Cause you're probably not going to, you know what I mean? Like,
3: yeah, you're not
4: going to say the thing. You're not yep. going to say
1: the thing you're thinking of saying. Yep, yeah. but, yep. I I nailed it with Tom Brady. This confirms it. I yeah. nailed it when I met Tom Brady. I said thanks, thanks for all the happy Sundays. That was it. That is good. That is Andy, Andy our drummer. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: good. It's
4: good. It's good. <laughs> Thank Andy, you. Andy our Glad drummer like. had an amazing one with Harrison Ford. Uh, we Ooh. were on like we were on some one of the morning shows. I can't remember which one. And Harrison Ford was there. And uh they had us take a picture with him and uh you know and none of us could say anything to him. None of us could yeah, of course. Whatever. <laughs> right and 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 he looks over to us and he goes, So what song you're playing? <laughs> and and Andy goes, uh that's
3: good.
4: Andy goes, Oh, this song and he goes, Well is it a hit? <laughs> and <laughs> and uh and Andy's like, Well, we're here, aren't we? And he's like, All right. You know, it was like it was <laughs> yeah. very cool. It was like they both like they both cooled each other. Uh, and, and it was like perfect. And I was like, how did you do that?
1: <laughs> uh, that's so great. Um well so let, let's go back to uh your childhood or adolescence. Mm-hmm. Um so your your musical growing up, you know you have this you have this inner desire, if there was a piano here, I'd be playing it now your 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 dad has sort of filled the house with music so when how do you when and how do you get into like your first band so
4: there are like two really big important things for me besides my dad my dad obviously is huge is is a is a huge influence because he had what i thought was eclectic taste you know that was already interesting to me the fact that it was like there was folk and you know Beach Boys and Beatles and all the stuff that you know a, a man his age would have. But then there was jazz, which was weird. It wasn't necessarily a, a yeah. you know prerequisite kind of thing. There's that joke in um in Wayne's World about uh you know every about rumors coming with every suburban house. We didn't have rumors, i mean, <laughs> right, right, You right. know, I mean, like it's one of those things. Like that was kind of like that was interesting. But for me, um, the two big things were batman 1989's uh batman the danny elfman score and the prince record yeah. um that was like incredible really formative for me because yeah it was this combination of like funk i had never heard funk before that was really crazy oh. um but then also elfman the the scoring stuff like yeah. that it was like great really scene. great and 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 it really i was like i was really little i was probably like five or six or something and I remember sitting at my brother did have a keyboard eventually i remember sitting there sounding out you know the beginning bam and the right sounding that out and and yeah. because it was so slow you know I could do it with one hand and then do it with the other hand and I was like what you know just <laughs> music <did>. came out <laughs> and um so that was something that was always there that part of it
3: right
4: and then I didn't really do anything with music beyond that until high school uh, or uh, middle school. It was just kind of this thing that I was always focused on, you know, I playing lessons
0: or self taught.
4: No, I I did everything by myself. So the, then somewhere around like nine or 10, I had found a uh, pair of drumsticks somewhere in my, in my, in like a cabinet somewhere. And, and I just started hitting on buckets and things. And I started just playing along with the radio and whatever. And, and so I played drums all, all day, all, you know, all the time.
3: Yeah. And
4: um, so that kind of, because of that, when I was like, you know, 11 or 12 and you discover punk rock and it's a thing that you can just do, you don't have yeah. to like, there's no, there doesn't require anything else. You, you just get to do it.
2: Yeah. That
4: was kind of like, you know, off to the races. And the thing that's weird is that I don't know that I'm like the most punk rock dude. Like, I I mean, I am on some level in terms of like, there's a lot of Like I like punk rock and and I like a lot of the things they said, you know, that bands have to say and stuff. But I also always had this weird kind of like half in half out thing with it where it was like I really loved punk rock and I was really, uh, you know, I was at all the shows and I, you know, was in this scene of punk rockers. But I would also then, you know, go home and put on Shostakovich or... um, You know, Herbie Hancock or whatever, something, something very. I remember I was in this band and I put on Weather Report in the car one time, (laughs) and it was like it went over real bad.
0: (laughs) So, so So, can can I ask you because as someone who's like you know always trying to improve uh, in music, do you have any? Did you then learn theory? after or were you just in your head like you can hear intervals really well and that allows you to then find like when you hear stuff your ear is very good or what or your ear developed as you were doing this like what was your approach and how did you have success i think i got really lucky in that my probably my biggest my
4: biggest talent was probably my ear that i, I could just i was able to pick out melodies and rhythms you know, in know in a way that a lot of my friends couldn't and it was weird because that's always moved faster than the rest of me. Like I couldn't, it's actually, it was really frustrating trying to learn um, how to write music, how to play, physically write it because this was so much fast, like the sense that I had for it was much faster than my, like the, writing it out felt like math where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is confusing. Of course. But I, then if I, is. but then I, what's that? Sorry.
2: I said it literally is like math, you know, because yeah. you're trying to put it into these symbols
4: what yeah, and then you have to, break, and then you're breaking down into subdivisions, and you're, yeah. you know, you're going, okay, so that's a sixteenth, and then if I'm swinging it, then I'm moving this over, you know, like whatever. Yeah. There were so many different confusing things where I'm like, I don't know. Let me just play it. You know, yes. it just made it faster. It made it so I just kind of would, I don't know, I I would figure stuff out. So it's one of those things where, for me, the music theory thing was kind of to answer your question, all sorry, I kind of veered off of it, but, but I just kind of landed on it because. It was kind of like you—you you kind of intuit certain, you know. I mean, it's probably not that different than comedy. Like, I took—I—I—I I, I did a UCB a couple of UCB classes for a while, and you know, you learn the game. You know, you learn the different games and stuff, and and whatever. And uh, in comedy, and it's kind of similar. Where it's like you probably after you do it, you're like, oh, I did notice that. You know, I've—I've mm. I've, you know, after if you watch a lot of comedy and you watch improv, you're like, oh, that's the word for what they're doing, but you kind of assumed or you kind of understood on some level.
3: Right, it's kind of yeah. like
4: that where like musically I would kind of go like, oh, you know, that's what they're doing when they do this. You add this note, you know, you know the, the, you suspend this note over this chord and it does this effect, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, you, you know, you, you brought up Danny Elfman and of course that Batman score is mm-hmm. fantastic. And Who whenever does... I hear those you notes. Know, he, it, he
2: does not know theory, by the way. Danny
1: Elfman.
2: Danny Elfman? <laughs>
1: well, he doesn't know
4: theory. Well, that was you know uh, it was uh, that was I I I, I, I um met uh, Mark Mothersbaugh one time and I was kind of just picking his brain you know and I was like you know because uh, I you know I score and you know not like not like those guys but I I uh, I, I score yeah kids shows to, so, yeah no. yeah <laughs> just, just kids shows you know? no I mean it's a big I, I'm it's amazing to get to do it I'm not putting it down but yeah. but uh, you know they but I was kind of like you know. How do you do it? And I asked him I asked them about uh, you know uh, orchestration and and music theory, and he's like, you don't really have to know that. And then at some point, I asked them about modular synthesizers. And I think by this point, he was getting. I mean, he's very cool to me, but I think he was getting kind of like annoyed, like, okay, you know, <laughs> no he goes, questions. And you he goes, your time. He goes, yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, you'll never make it in this business if you don't learn about modular synthesizers. You know, it's <laughs> is, like, that it's <laughs> like, is that true? Yeah, very
0: sarcastically, like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, like, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, you've said yeah. enough. Like,
3: yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> uh, that's well, it's it's funny because you so you bring up Danny Elfman great Batman scores, so many great scores. You you bring up uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, and these are people along with, you know, Trent Reznor and mm-hmm. Johnny Greenwood who are in successful pop bands and then have pivoted very successfully to scoring, composing, all that stuff. Is Are those people, like, do, do you aspire to that kind of a, a transition in your own life?
4: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I. Scoring was always composition was always the thing I wanted to do. It was. I mean, li- literally, there were two things I wanted to do as a kid. I either wanted to do, um, you know, I wanted to score movies, or I wanted to do funny voices. That was pretty much it. You know, right. Yeah. And and um, singing in a band really came out of the of the funny voices. I didn't know I could sing. It was just another impersonation for me. You know, I would I would kind of do. I would do voices around the house and stuff. And, you know, and, and so singing was just, you know, for, for a few years, it was just me impersonating other bands. Cause I, you know, like, whatever. That was yeah. just, who, who <laughs> were you impersonating?
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, I would do all sorts of stuff. I, I did Elvis Costello and I did sting and I did, um, oh, you know, Ray Charles and I would do uh, ACDC and I would do Frank yeah. Sinatra. You know, I would just do, I would just do all these, these wow. singing impressions, but then I would also do a lot of, you know, I was, I was really obsessed with Saturday Night Live. Live. Um, and so I would just, do, I would also do any of any of the impressions they would do. And, you know, I would learn right. all the, you know, I would try to do all the Phil Hartman stuff or the Dana Carvey stuff anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, that was one facet of it. But then the scoring was like always there. That was like the main thing. So when I, when I started the band, you know, it's funny because usually singers and bands, they have their inner turmoil that they want to share or they have yeah. their, you know, their, their journal that I didn't have any of that. I just wanted to compose music and I didn't know anything about how to get into film or anything, you know? So, so writing music for a band was, I was the, you know, as close as I could get, I thought. And then, um, I started doing, I was doing, uh, I actually through voices, I had done, uh, some voices on this movie, uh, gnome alone. And, um, they, and I had, uh, I kind of bluffed my way into scoring a, uh, the hulk ride at universal orlando wow
3: um, what awesome and
4: uh, and so they so no malone had heard that and one of the producers i'm in the vocal booth um doing doing these gnomes
3: <laughs> doing these little gnome guys and uh,
4: <laughs> and uh they uh they uh the one of the producers comes in they go hey i heard you score and i go yeah <laughs> and yeah. they go with, with t- chicks yeah <laughs> and they go yeah totally <laughs> And go, would you like to score this movie and i was like you know and which that's not usually how it goes down <laughs> yeah. but but i was like i was like sure you know i'll, I'll see if i can you know schedule it in, yeah. you know. but you know um and so but from there that's been that's just kind of off to the races and that's kind of been every day since then i've been working on something so can, can we um, go
0: back to the lead singer torment for a second because yeah, sure. i was in like a college band and we had this singer <laughs> And his name was Alex dust and he wore sunglasses cool name. and he, he, like he wasn't very vocally gifted, but it was always like Alex doesn't want to rehearse and he's locked himself in the bathroom. I mean, there was nothing at stake. Right. But it was like literally like he was Axl Rose. Did you ever feel any pressure to do that? Or were you ever like, God, I should just act out and it would actually help me in this situation.
4: You know, I feel like I never, I didn't, really accept that i was the singer for years because i was kind of like i for a really long time for many many years i was kind of holding out for us to find somebody that i was going to be like i really thought i would be like you know the the guitar player that sings harmonies or something that's kind of what i what i expected to do i didn't really plan on being the singer so you know we we had a couple albums out and i was still kind of like pitching guys i'd be you know in the band i'd be like hey what about this guy they're like I don't know, man, you're kind of, you, you sing for the band. At this point. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, but didn't you start as the drummer in the band? No. Well, so I didn't actually start as the drummer. I I had only ever played drums in bands before this one. And I was auditioning kind of. So Pete and Joe were putting together a band and they needed a drummer, a guitar player or a singer or in some combination. And I was like, I could do one of those. But I knew, I, I knew that that meant that I was going to play drums because I'd only ever played drums. Yeah, and the thing was, I was substantially better at drums than I was at anything else. You know, so, <laughs> so you I knew thought. that I would. What's that?
2: So you thought?
4: Yeah. Well, that was singing was never. <laughs> you know, singing in punk rock. I was in more decidedly punk bands prior to this, and my voice wasn't really a good thing in those bands. You know, because <laughs> oh, wow. one of those things where I would sing. You know, there was uh, you know, there was a band Hot Water Music, and they had these really gruff voices, and um, everybody wanted to sound like that, or there was um. Or there were these bands like uh, Blood Brothers and um, Satia and whatever was like really screaming and whatever and, or or kind of yelling and whatever. And so I would do those voices, you know, kind of like trying to back up, you know, for our singers or whatever. And and at some point it would always veer into my actual voice and they'd be like, yeah. Yeah, it's too it's too pretty, you know. <laughs> and So I didn't. I didn't really think I, i never really thought of it as a thing. It just kind of was like, whatever. And uh, I go to show them some songs that I had written and, you know, trying to pitch the song. Cause that was the thing I really cared about. Yeah. And they that's... go, you know, Oh, you should sing. And I was like, okay. But you know, <laughs> was the
3: song. Okay. What about, about my song? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Well, it's funny that you bring that up that, you know, at the t- at that time, there were these other bands and and punk rock wanted to sound like those bands. And I feel like mm. it was it interesting for you um, at the point in your career when other bands were trying to sound like you?
3: Yes. <laughs> um. Exactly.
1: The weirdest thing about it is that I didn't notice.
4: I read I um. I'd done an interview for a for a, a book like a kind of oral history on emo or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um. someone sent me a copy. And uh, I was kind of and I was reading the thing. And one of the things that I, I didn't really notice at the time, you know, is in, when other people are recounting it, you know, the idea that there was a kind of sound and that we were part of it at the time. Yeah, I had no idea. You know, I was kind of literally when we wrote um, the, you know, like the the record that was kind of like the big one in that era, I sat down and I told my parents, you know. I'll do this and just let me fail at this and then I'll go to college, you know? It's <laughs> That's like, amazing. You know? <laughs> so yeah, so the thing of like bands sounding like us, it's also one of those things where I think it's really interesting. So I used to work at, but before I worked at Sam Goody, I also worked at a used record store. And um, one of the things about the used record store that was really interesting is that you get really acquainted with failure. Cause that's right. what people, that's what people let go of, you know, that's the, that's right. what people sell off, you know? Yeah. So we didn't have any copies of the record with the hit on it. We had the, we would always have like 20 copies of the record after that one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of assumed that was where this was going to go. You know, after we yeah. put out the first record, I was like, okay, well, naturally then you, there was this great ska band in Chicago, sort of ska, sort of, almost Prague a real crazy called the Blue Meanies and I loved them. And they had this amazing record full throttle. And um then they got signed to the major label and they put out the major label record. You know, just yeah and, you know just disappeared. Yeah. That's what I assume was
2: Fall out life, Boys.
4: You know? I just want to well, point everything. out that
0: what oh. you just said about the used record story and you becoming very acquainted with failure. failure. That speech <laughs> would be so great in a movie. In the right yes! movie yeah. the character, so I mean <laughs> that's a terrific character speech of someone who's <laughs> quietly and inadvertently studied failure <laughs> yes. and knows everything poem, about yeah. it. I mean, seriously.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That is, that, that definitely hit home. And now look, look, so let's, let's talk for a minute because I think in the history of rock and roll, I put the, the name fallout boy in the top 10 of all bands. Like, I think it's, I think it's a fucking fantastic name. And obviously, you know, for those of us who are in comedy in this world, we we know that that comes from The Simpsons. Um, So who who are the big Simpsons fans in the band? I mean, it sounds like you probably are as a fan of comedy.
4: Yeah. Well, uh, myself and Joe, who is also a huge fan of comedy, um, he actually he and um, Brian Pussain have done a bunch of stuff together. I think they have a comic book, maybe or a. Um, I don't know. They've, they've done a bunch of stuff, but Joe, Joe has, here's the thing. I'm like a comedy, like nerd that like, you know, just I, I I nerd out about comedy and stuff. Uh, Joe like kind of is a comedian that happened to end up in a, in a band, you know? Right. right. So he, so he's actually cool and can actually hang out with comedians. Like he, (laughs) I still, you know, it's funny, you know, I, I told that story about Patton Oswalt. I think like Joe hangs out with him like regularly, like, you know, whatever it's like, (laughs) right. Right. You know, he doesn't have the same freak out that I have. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, so he and I, actually, that was a big thing that we bonded on when we, when we started the band was that both of us were deep Simpsons people. And, um, we had a drummer, actually, our first drummer was like obsessed with the Simpsons had like a, a wall of Simpsons memorabilia. Right. And
3: Amazing.
4: so he had kind of mentioned, you know, it, we had thrown out a bunch of names and I don't remember for sure if that was one of his names, the the first drummer, but it ended up on the cutting room floor we we didn't we didn't pick it but then um one of our friends actually this band um rise against uh tim yeah. from rise against he had another band we were opening for them and uh he was like he had heard about fall out boy as one of the names and he was like that's your name i don't like your other names
3: <laughs> oh great and,
4: Way to go tim and and so and we're like no you know we i, I don't know we don't like that When he's like no it's going to be your name and so when we so we played that show and he was like i want to thank fall out boy and that and that and that was it and then it just wow. kind of stuck you know
3: what I
2: were mean, you before before you decided remember. oh you don't it? i don't remember
4: and the thing is that two people people were kind of shouting it out too in the in the crowd there were like you know 15 people there but it was <laughs> yeah. like you should be fallout boys like yeah you should be fallout boy fallout boy thank you and <laughs>
3: wow. um, it's stuck. it's awesome amazing,
1: what an amazing origin story yeah yeah and now because fallout boy I mean, not only is it a cool name for, you know, if you're a Simpsons fan, it makes you kind of chuckle, um, but also it is the perfect name for you guys to tour forever, because yeah. it's just one of those names where it lands with everybody. Like, even, even if people are not familiar with your songs or the genre necessarily, they see the name and they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, yes, I've 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 heard of them. They, yes. yes, that yeah. checks. Yeah, and <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> so it just yeah. seems like it can be on any poster for the next like thirty years. If you like. <laughs> so I, it's so weird. I don't know. I mean, it's all surreal to me.
4: I, I kind of you know I um like I said I I think there's uh I'll I'll never be cool. Even you know in my own head I'll never be cool. So it'll never you know yeah. track for me that like it always it feels very silly. Sometimes we did the show. Um, a couple months ago with the foo fighters and um public enemy was there and yeah. whatever and so and 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 then we played and um and <laughs> the, the thing that was really it. what's that
2: i said the way you said that <laughs> yeah but it was played. crazy i mean like <laughs> yeah. why
4: would why would anyone do that you know <laughs> like, like it just it just seems it just seems so improbable and weird and surreal but
0: well, yeah. I, are you it's, just constantly disso? It sounds like you're constantly dissociating or something.
4: I guess yeah. so. I mean, I don't know. It. it um, uh, Steve Carell said something one time that s- somebody asked him about, you know, how you know, Steve, you, uh, you seem like not a dick. You know, how did that happen? You know, because a lot of a lot of big, you know, a lot of people in your position would be kind of kind of dicks. And he's like, well, I was kind of like forty by the time anyone paid attention to me. So like I had, I had some time to like, you know, yeah. uh, build it. I was not, I was like 19, but I've been like, you know, 45 since I was like 15. So, <laughs> yes. so like, I
1: think that kind of helped. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, I think we can relate to that on this yeah. uh, podcast. <laughs> well, so now we've talked about, you know, why us? And I can't believe we're playing with these people. What, when was the moment when you realized that fallout boy you know had had made it like what because obviously you talk about you release this this album that that does really well but was there a tour was there a moment where like you said with foo fighters and public enemy like where you're touring and all of a sudden you're sharing a bill with you know someone and you're like oh a large check
4: perhaps (laughs) (laughs) well no because the thing about the large checks um i am in a weird sorry it's a side tangent but no please you know uh i i was i'm just old enough that we saw the tail end of the record industry where they would give you a lot of they give everybody a lot of money yeah um and the thing you don't realize when you're 19 is that that money that's that's a loan and that's forever so if they give you two million dollars and you're like wow that's two million dollars That's all if you if you only earn, you know, if you only make, you know, 30,000 a year off of being in a band, you're still paying back two million dollars. I mean, it's not it's It's not two million dollars. Like it's 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 all it's it's you just took out a a big loan. You didn't realize I I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, is there interest?
2: There's not interest, but it's (laughs) but the
4: thing but what they can do is that, you know, depending on how your contract's written, you basically don't get to ever put out another record until you pay that off. Like you know, like if it if if they don't want if if they decide that, if they yeah. if you're a little band and you I mean, this is the way it was anyway. If you're a little band and you uh sign a contract and they give you this big record advance and you're like, wow, gee, look at this, you know, yeah. and you go and buy a Lamborghini or something, the problem is that then if you don't generate enough, you know, if your songs aren't really working and yeah. they decide to shelve you, that's it. That you're yeah. you're done in music pretty much forever. And so, and you, they probably won't go after you for the, for the Lamborghini, but like you will never make another record. Like, because, because they own you and it's their, it's their prerogative to say God. you're not worth putting yeah. more money into. Them, so you just don't get to put an put out another record. So, so anyway, so the, the, and I, I, my mom is an accountant and that was one of the <laughs> ways that I understood this. Yeah. So I got I got that first check and I was like, "Wow, what do I get?" And she's like, "Nothing." She's like <laughs> she's like, "Hold on to this, like don't, you know, don't be stupid because, you know, this might be all the money you ever get." And, and for a long time she was right. You know. Yeah.
2: So Wow. You're so yeah. lucky to good have good
4: job, that.
0: mom. But I, I interrupted yeah, I it. I feel like what was a good question by Alec, which yeah, was...
2: yeah, Oh yeah, yeah no, did.
1: just like what was the moment when you realized like, "Holy fuck, we're we're sharing the stage with so and, and so." And like, and I can't believe it. Can I've i told ask, this story. So, sorry.
3: Was that I was saying?
2: gonna say when we met on Warp Tour, that was we met because this is what I thought. The at the time they choose like basically the biggest band that's on tour at that moment to serve lunch for that week. <laughs> and that's what you were doing. Do you remember? That's so, how we met I, we were doing
4: lunch. I don't think it was the biggest band. I think it I've, was kind of it was it was rotating. Um I, and, and if I remember right, we got, the, we earned that as punishment. Um, what? Yeah. So I think this we whole earned,
2: time I thought it was for something else. No,
4: it wasn't because we are the punishment? biggest fan. I think we, I, um, I can't remember what we did wrong, but we did something wrong. And <laughs> well, I think that was our punishment was that wow. we had to do lunch, which I was, you know, I was fine with serving everybody. That wasn't the thing, but it was, we had done something, you know, in terms of like, I don't remember if we parked in the wrong place or if we,
2: Oh my um, god. That is hilarious. Um, we were out
4: with you know, on that tour it was um Billy Idol and um The Offspring. Those were like the the headliners. Yeah. And and so we would show up and it would be like, you know, get your stuff, you know, and whatever. It was it was really it was really not it, w- it wasn't very glamorous for us. Um Right. But uh, no, I'd say the big moment um I've told this story before so sorry if this a can't answer but it's but it is the it is the moment that I was like, well this is different. Um, was we did this uh, show called uh, uh, Skate and Surf Festival, and we did it a few years in a row. But this one year, we do it, and by chance, there were like three stages, and one was in a was in a um, like theater, and another one was in like a another space. But then another stage was just kind of in the hallway between the two, in the corridor yeah. between the two so we were playing we were going to start playing and um about 500 people were expected to show up you know for us which you know cuz we were kind of building so at that point that was that was a big crowd for us that was right. that was a, that would have been a big deal for us to play to 500 people in jersey and uh well somebody um i think it was the bouncing souls somebody was messing around with a fire extinguisher backstage and it screwed with the fire alarm and so they like security forced everybody to evacuate that one room. Um there that the big theater. And it also required the other theater to the other one to leave. So now everybody's waiting in the corridor and skate and surf, you know, they're like, well for us, for our stage, they're like, well, your stage is kind of in the open. So you don't have to worry about this. Your show can go on. We don't know this. I don't know any of this. So <laughs> yeah. I so I go up on stage and by chance, um you know, this never happens, but the but all of the label came out to see us and everything at the time. Um, LA Reed was the head oh, wow. of Island, so he's there. And <laughs> and uh, and before we go on stage, he goes, You know, he goes, he goes, I got good news and bad news because you know, the, the bad news is I like hits. It's like the good <laughs> news is you got hits, <laughs> right? and I'm like, and I'm like, okay, I don't know, you know, I'm I'm 20, and this sounds you know, it's like terrifying. neutral
0: news and good news. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. Um, liking hits is not bad news.
4: <laughs> yeah. um, well, and so that's like right before I, we go up, we go up and we would do this thing where we, we high five before we, we start. And because of the nature of where I stand, I always have my back turned, so I couldn't see anything. So I go up and we high five and then I turn around and now there's 5000 people there Wow. <laughs> and wow. and the thing that was weird was that you know most of them didn't know who we were most of them you know it was kind of an accident but by this chance of fate like we killed it to like 5000 people in in jersey wow. and that kind of it kind of changed
2: what year trajectory. was
4: this well, i don't remember 2005 2004 you know it's
2: about 5 maybe Wow. It. it was
4: after it was after cork tree i think but but um wow so so it was it was like this thing so that was kind of a moment where i was like not necessarily that I, that we made it but like this is different than my friends bands this is different than like yeah like i said all the all the bands that i've been in in chicago or my friends have been in, in chicago this was something that none of them had experienced that i didn't have a barometer for and so i was like this is beyond me i don't
1: know where anything is now that's so cool that's you know it's funny you say like you expected uh, 500 people and that's a that's a good crowd i I don't think 500 people saw me do stand-up in my entire
3: career like spread
1: over my entire career
4: (laughs) stand-up is a terrifying thing i was thinking the other day about this um this guy i saw one time at a little stand-up festival and somewhere in la and um we had gone me and me and some friends had gone to see another friend and we were the only people in the audience it was like five of us and so we were there cheering on our friend but the guy that opened was really funny um i remember he was i think from egypt and he had a lot of bits about about you know being egyptian american and stuff and and i was like man that is and i've done those shows but i think it's even cra- it's even hard it must be even more more difficult to do as a stand up cuz you're totally just agree. you
0: like yeah. yeah but so much like, of it is that for years that you become yeah. kind of immune to it
4: right I, I think that's part of the the thing the the aura of of comedy to me is that i feel like there's a there's a thing that cuz i i mean, i i really wanted to be a comedian when i was little and then the first time i saw someone get heckled I was like oh nope never mind I know, <laughs> I know what you mean <laughs> Yeah. That's great. You made a way
1: better choice. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you did. You did. I, I want to go back to something that you and and we'll we'll wrap it up here soon. You've been very generous this morning. I appreciate it. Um but first y- you talked about uh this thing which I did not know that when a record label gives you two million dollars, that that's a loan, which I think is is crazy. It, I did not know that.
3: It's called I mean
1: it's not really a loan, but it's But I get what you're saying. They expect you to pay that back. through record sales. Yes. Um, But so my perception as an outsider, and maybe you can clarify this a little bit, is that the record industry for decades and decades was incredibly crooked. And then it just got blown apart by uh, Napster. And now they're finding like new ways to be crooked in this (laughs) digital age. Like, is that something that as a musician on the inside, do you kind of look at the industry and you're like god we just all these people are just trying to take our money all the time
4: the weirdest thing about the record industry i think is that there's really not one size fits all um so when i started i had this really you know because it came from punk rock i had this very um very specific idea of major labels for example i was like major labels are all the assholes yeah Then you watch or you get screwed up. You watch your friends get screwed over or you get screwed over by indie labels and you're like, oh, Oh.
2: like, (laughs) like, (laughs) yeah,
4: it's, you know, it's everywhere. It's rampant. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and it's, so it's not all, it's not this black and white thing. And weirdly, I've known, I've known total assholes and morons in at major labels, but then I've also known some really, Great people, you know, and and some of the people we've worked with for a long time at major labels have been cooler and more reasonable than some of the people I knew in indie labels, you know. So so that's been interesting. And the thing is that there's really not. Yeah, there's not one size fits all. And the thing that I took away from it is the thing that I've taken away from it in the long run is that regardless of where it is, it's really Kind of poor business to be a dick, to be exploitative of your artists, or whatever, or to be an artist that's exploitative, whatever. Sh- it really doesn't. It's it doesn't pay in the long run, you know. Like yeah. we're we've been very lucky, but I also think that we've probably been lucky in part because we haven't really pissed everybody off, you know. I think yeah. we're, right. I think I think that's a that's part of the thing, and I'm sure it's the same in in writing and in comedy and in film and in TV. You know, like I, I'm sure that it helps to not be a a pain to work with. you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We talk about that a lot.
1: Absolutely. It does. All right. Well, that's, that's very interesting. And and now, so let's, because, you know, move over Trent Reznor, let's talk (laughs) about Patrick Stump scoring. So (laughs) you've got some irons in the fire now that you're working on. What, what kind of stuff can, can we expect to hear from you coming out? Well,
4: So I just, the reason I wanted to, I wanted to mention something is that, um, I did a documentary, uh, for a buddy of mine, um, that, uh, is currently playing, um, right now, today is the 13th of February. Um, it is playing, uh, at the, uh, Santa Barbara International Film Festival. Um, or did it just play yesterday? Shoot. Okay, it's over now. But it plays. <laughs> it, it played the 8th and it played the 12th. Um oh,
2: darn so, it. Okay.
4: So, what's um, it called?
2: What's the documentary called?
4: So it's called 76 Days um and it's about a guy that gets lost for 76 days at sea um wow. and he survives but he's just so interesting. He's like such a he's so matter-of-fact about it and it was it was really fun to score because he kind of, you know, he's like yeah. And then a shark. I don't know. You know, like he, he just doesn't <laughs> yeah. really, he doesn't, you know, this guy is surviving on rainwater and, you know, yeah. trying to grab fish with his bare hands, you know? I mean? Right. And, um, and, Did you uh, have
2: to create the drama with your music since yeah. he wasn't?
4: Yeah, actually, <laughs> like... that's exactly it, is that it, it put this, it put me in this place where I had to, because he, yeah, he has this way of just being so kind of like, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, right. And, yeah. but then, uh, the way that uh, it's directed, the way that my friend Joe um, directed it, when he does the reenactment stuff, it it is very thrilling. Um, cool. So you have to find a, a balance where it's like it has to be thrilling, but then also not so thrilling that you can't hear this guy be like, "Yeah, so <laughs> right,
2: <laughs> yeah." Um, can't so
4: him. I that just came out. Um, I also did a movie that I really wish I got to talk about. For some reason, I didn't do any press on it. Merry um, Little Batman. Um, that came out around Christmas. It's a cartoon holiday movie where Batman has a son, Damien. and it's kind of like Home Alone, where he gets Batman is away on Batman business, and then
2: Amazing. you know
4: all the all the villains try and try and take over the Batcave. So,
2: can you um, see cool. that anywhere now? Do you yeah, know? it's on.
4: That's on Amazon uh, Prime.
2: So. Okay, nice. cool.
4: So and I do have a soundtrack for that. They they put out a soundtrack on uh, streaming and stuff, which I was really excited about. Oh, cool! Um, That's and,
3: awesome.
4: And then, um, meanwhile, I'm doing Spidey and His Amazing Friends for Disney, which I do. That's awesome. Um, ongoing forever.
2: And you also um, have the theme song as, for that, right?
4: Yeah, I did the theme song. Yeah, yeah, um, I did the theme song, and then I also do all the music on that show. Um, That's
2: great.
4: So that one's fun, and you know, I'll I'll do that as long as they'll have me. Um,
2: yeah.
4: And. I'm just wrapping up the first season of a show called hot wheels. Let's race, um, for Netflix. So
2: cool. That's, that's animated as well.
1: Yeah, it's animated. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. So it seems like you're getting a real foothold in this this world because that's a, that's a lot of stuff. And you know, I mean, is the dream, like, I know you love what you're doing. You love scoring, and not this is not to minimize like an animated show because listen that's where we work so <laughs>
4: right but, yeah, um, the animation I don't know I mean the real stuff isn't it but is <laughs> that is
1: it something like where you watch There Will Be Blood and you're like one day
4: well the thing that's weird for me is that you know I'm a comic book guy I'm, I'm I like comic books and I like comedy and I like sci-fi so it's like there's it's like, there's there are aptitudes that that kind of puts you in so naturally I do kind of tend towards animation or i tend towards superhero stuff or i tend towards you know fantasy and action adventure stuff um i've done some kind of elevated horror stuff um and that kind of thing or 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 it would be cool to do it'd be really interesting to do a drama but i've never had the i've never been asked to do a drama but yeah um i feel like i wonder if i'll ever end up do there. That. I wonder if I'll ever, you know, have a chance to do a to do anything musically where I would get to do something like There Would Be Blood. Because it's like it's weird. I think um, you know, part of it might be my aptitude, but part of it is also like you are who you are, you know, and yeah. and yeah. I've watched way more Marvel movies and way more Family Guy than I've watched um, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson movies. I've seen them. Right. I've seen right. them, but I you know, but it's and I love them and they're and I love I love high art, um, and I, I I feel like I have something I could contribute to it. But at the end of the day, I'm still gonna you know I'm still gonna
2: <laughs> gravitate Eww.
4: towards geek out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. I don't know, but but I I would love to be doing that for forever. You know, it's it's something that you know um, singing is hard. <laughs> singing is very hard.
1: Um,
2: I don't know if you guys know this, but. <laughs>
1: um tends singing to, is tends very strain your throat a little yeah. bit
4: right yeah and it's and it's just the whole thing it takes so much out of you and sometimes it's physically so demanding and i like that scoring i get to express myself but it's never taxing yes. you know because it's like i have responsibilities i have kids i have you know um things to do but if i in a vacuum if i had you know something to score i could be doing that stop and not run out of things because not yeah, run yeah. out ideas and not run out of there's something exciting about that that being in a band is different than because there's a there's a physical component in a band where you're like you know oh, yeah. i'm just
1: you know white yeah.
2: beyond yeah
1: yeah well well you seem to me like the kind of person who's going to get those opportunities because as you uh sort of alluded to even before like you're not a dick like you're not, you're, <laughs> oh, not, not, you're not, you're not He's a diva. Really not, you're not a, one really of those people that seems like they're difficult to work with. And certainly in the experiences that we've had at Family Guy, working with you, you've been an absolute delight, and you've always <laughs> yes. nailed it every time. So, yes. well, by can, the way, I
4: was I was gonna say, you know, earlier when you were saying, you know, Colter, uh, when you were saying the thing about like, oh, is it like, you know, is this like the most uh, real job? You know, uh, for me, when I show up to Family Guy, I'm just there for like the table read and then the whatever. I I'm not there for like all the stuff. So for me, it's like, it's like, Oh, this is easy.
3: This, this yeah. <laughs> right. you, you know,
4: whatever I, it took me like, you know, it took me half an hour. What What are you guys talking about?
1: You know? Yeah, so. Totally. Yeah. Well, it's easy for you because you come yeah. in and nail it. So yeah, uh, it's we appreciate that. And so let me just to recap, 76 days is the documentary uh, Spidey and friends yeah. uh, is the show. And uh merry little Batman on Amazon prime Yes. And of course, Fallout Boy, and you guys are going to be going, going back on out on tour next month. That sounds interesting.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It <laughs> it is. Is. Um, <laughs>
4: you know, when you're kind of when you're kind of a nerd and you're not gonna like party too hard, there's not that much to do on tour when you're not on stage. So scoring is like it's great. Perfect. <laughs> it's uh, awesome,
3: yeah. you know. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> so the, it, it, it's, it's, the you Led know? Zeppelin, the days of Led Zeppelin touring are over. Where, you yeah.
4: Know. yeah, that was never really for me anyway.
1: Does your know, airplane but... have a fireplace like, like, this?
3: Yeah. like Zeppelin? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. well,
4: uh, we had to replace the one.
3: Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a little
4: problem midair. I don't know. It was, you know, gas.
1: Somebody had a problem with it. And thanks, Sleepy uh, Joe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Patrick, thank you so much for yes, being thank here today. You. Yeah, uh, thanks Jason. for having me. JC, thank you for bringing this man into our lives. Of course. We appreciate that. Patrick, you're always awesome on the show, and we can't wait to hear what are doing. Always glad to those. do it.
3: Always glad to see you guys.
1: Thank yeah. you, Patrick. Thank Have a good one. You too. Oh God, Patrick Stump. What a nice guy. He's God, the that best. was fun talking to him. Rock yeah. stars are just cool. I know he says he's not cool, but he's just way cooler.
2: Yeah. They just start
1: cooler than especially we...
2: humble <laughs> rock stars. No,
1: a humble <laughs> rock star, lead <laughs> singer, no less. Yes, it's a rare thing. Fun talking to him. And now, fun to get into a portion of the show we like to call Top Five. Top Five. (sighs) Beautiful. (laughs) All right, Goldie, this was your topic. Lead us off. Okay, this is the top five movies or
0: TV shows you've never seen. Yes. Uh, Number five I have never seen a single episode of The West Wing.
3: Oh. Oh,
1: that's such a treat. I yeah. know President liberal Porn. I don't liberal know porn. what that is. Okay.
0: <laughs> number four, I've not seen Lost. Oh, yeah, me either. I know a plane oh. crashes. That's yeah. it. Number three, I have never seen a single episode of Law and Order.
3: Oh, what? God,
0: a- that
1: kills a- me. I- I've seen yeah. enough for you, by the yeah. way. <laughs> uh, number two, Spartacus.
0: Uh, yeah. oh
2: same yeah.
1: i am
0: spartacus i don't know what that is <laughs> good for you
3: uh,
0: it ain't that you crazy. may be spartacus i'm confused
2: <laughs> number nice one and you, and, and
0: you know i've never seen this and i now i feel like mm-hmm. i never will
1: because it's cooler yeah. not to have star wars yeah it's annoying, yeah. It's, annoying. <laughs> it's almost like the i don't Oh, we don't own a tv it's like all right yeah, we'll, it's get, we'll get one it's get way one. better Um, Okay, so now it's me. Yes. Uh, Number five, a a movie called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Hmm. I feel like people love talking about that movie, and I just quietly never saw it, but I'm sure it's very good. Um, Number four, and this is a little cheating because it's something I've tried to watch but continue to fall asleep and have never seen, I've seen less than half of it, so I'm counting it, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Oh, wow. It's not good. (laughs) <laughs> I, it. I mean i i love sci-fi i love kubrick so it's like i want to be into it but it does not hold me and i fall asleep so that's one okay well, there's number, a
2: lot of silence in it maybe a that's lot of
1: mean. silence and then when the voices come in they're like <laughs> very soothing they're very, yes. um number three breaking bad
2: Yes, mm. you, you got
1: to see it. It's well, you know the thing is I've I've started it a couple times and people are like, "Well, it get slow. You wait till season uh, 6, you know, episode 7. It's like, well, I, I don't Just have 7 hours. Just watch the
2: pilot. Just watch the pilot."
1: I did, and I and it didn't hold me. Okay. Oh
2: my god.
1: Number 2, The Wire. Everybody talks about The Wire. How great the it was the it was before Breaking Bad. The Wire was Breaking Bad in terms of like you have to see this. The first two episodes are so slow, and then it's incredible.
0: But they lose everyone.
3: I know. know.
1: I I started watching it, and it was like a guy making models in a basement, and I'm like, what What am I watching here? Okay. (laughs) And number one, we've talked about it on this podcast. The second half of the Pats Falcons Super Bowl, <laughs> <laughs> famously not there. Okay, that's my list. JC, what's yours?
2: That's great. Okay, uh, we. Uh, my number five,
1: yeah.
2: is Annie Hall.
1: Oh, that's a great one.
2: <laughs> uh, number four is um, Mr. Show. The show, Mr. Show. Oh. I know hilarious. I, I, I
1: don't know how it would seem today, but it was fucking I, hilarious. At the I still
2: time. feel like I should watch it for references it's right there and stuff on like Max. That. Available yeah. okay. on Max. Thank you. Uh number three, uh, Citizen Kane. I've never Great. Seen Citizen Kane. Great. Number two, 30 Rock.
0: Yeah. I've never seen 30 it's Rock. It's good. I okay. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. But oh, okay. I did like watching it. It's not okay. the office.
2: No. Okay, and my number one is we had crossover is the wire. Yeah, I've never seen yeah. it. There we go. Yeah, there why
1: are go. we watching? All right, that's terrible. <laughs> All <laughs> right JC, <laughs> it's your top five next week. What do we got?
2: Okay, next week top five conspiracy theories.
1: Mm. Oh, okay. yes, I love that.
2: Why? Thank you. Um,
1: and you know what? I thought last week went so well without a high note. Should we fucking do it again?
0: Sure, I would just want to say something, because my high note, and it won't work next week, it's, okay. it's Alex Sulkin's birthday this week, oh. and I'm going to celebrate Woo! our very co-host. Nice. Very yes. glad Happy you were born. Thursday. You've been oh. a terrific friend. I enjoy our time together.
1: Oh, uh, look at that. Yeah. That's Are very well cry? said. Well, let's let that well, be. It's beautiful. barely said. I mean,
0: it was literally the least I could get away with saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there he is. He's back. He was gone for 15 seconds, and now he's back. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to the redemption song from my birthday last year. Where oh, wait, you mean this one? Happy birthday.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. There it is. I can feel the can. You feel the love tonight. Um, anyway, Patrick Stump, fantastic. My Patrick my Stump, great yep. job. Love talking to you. Yeah, he's Thank the you best. all for listening. Thank you, YouTube, for being awesome. Thank and you. we will talk to you again next week. Just sends
0: chills down my spine.
1: Isn't that (laughs) Morrissey getting excited about next week? (laughs) That was fun! And it's
3: popped right now!
1: The Wicked Glitch of the West.